Hello, 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 my gorgeous spiritpreneur. Welcome to Spiritpreneur School, and class is in session. You're on with your headmistress, Aviola Abrams, and today we are taking self-love to self-launch. Spiritpreneur School is an empowerment podcast for conscious entrepreneurs created by me just for you. A spiritpreneur is a spirited business person who is conscious and heart-centered and focused on answering her calling. Our guests range from CFOs to professional creatives. These mostly women are brilliant thinkers who have overcome challenges to live out loud. If you want to know how to answer your calling and live on purpose, then my darling, you are in the right place. Today we are talking with Dr. Paulette Kaufman Sherman. She's a licensed psychologist with a concentration in family therapy, a specialty in romantic relationships, and is also a certified life coach and a dating coach. She's been a psychotherapist for 20 years and has worked with many different age groups in many different settings. She has a new book out that's called The Book of Sacred Baths, 52 Bathing Rituals to Revitalize Your Spirit. It was published by Llewellyn, who's the spiritual book publisher. She has been everywhere, and now she is here with us. Welcome, Dr. Paulette. <laughs> Thank you, Aviola. I'm so excited just hearing the work you do and that what you're creating. I'm so happy to be a part of it today. Oh, I'm so thrilled that we are connected, Dr. Paulette, and we have a lot to talk about. So let's begin with, can you share with us a little bit about you, who's the woman behind the bio? How did you come to doing the work that you're doing? Yes, the woman behind the bio. Well, well, (laughs) that's a long story, but anyway, um, so I was a therapist for many years. I don't know if it's been 17 or 20 or something. Um, a licensed psychologist and also a certified life coach, mostly working in the realm of, you know, emotions and, and a lot of mental, like figuring out patterns and um, helping people with their thoughts. And then, I mean, I was always also as a person interested in spirituality. I'd um, taken shamanism and hypnosis and a lot of interesting things. I love the goddess. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say that it was in the forefront of my work. I would read books on it and, and go to classes. But uh, four years ago, when I was 41, I think it was now, I got breast cancer. And so I kind of went on my own healing journey. Uh, while I was living my regular life and working, I had to go through a year of chemotherapy radiation and get a lumpectomy. And it was a frightening time for sure. I think I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old at the time. Um, and so as it happened, you know, I was able to apply the ideas of mind, body, spirit, um, and emotion, but definitely spirit came in um, to full focus and trying to work with those tools while I went through traditional medical treatment. Um, and then I actually wrote about that because I wanted to help other women, hopefully, who were going through the same thing that, that I was. Um, and so ironically, not to go on too much, but what happened was my sister came from California for two weeks, and she said, Paulette, I know how you are. You're going to keep working and being really stoic and you know, running back and forth with the kids and with work and her writing, and she said, I want you to join these groups, or she had like a whole list of things for me that she wanted, thought would help. And I said, um, I'll do, I'll probably do something, but I'm not going to be able to do all those things. Um, and I also didn't feel like I really needed to. And I probably would have gone to a therapist and commuted from where I am, but instead she said, call this guy. She went to Angel Circles and she said, call this guy from California, I know, um, and and talk to him because it's over the phone, so it'll be easy. You could do it any time. So when she left, I agreed to do that. And it turns out I thought I would have like a session about the spiritual meaning of my illness because I was interested to see what he would say about that. Um, And in addition, right before this happened, like when I got the diagnosis, I walked on the beach and I got a very clear message that I would be okay, um, but I had a legacy of 22 books left to write. (laughs) So that was kind of surprising. And now what I wanted to hear while I was going through this whole like medical, you know, challenging year but I, you know, I take those things to heart because I do believe in that, that we are all spirit and that we do have a reason to be here. And I knew 
I was along the lines of being a healer anyway and making the world a better place, but I didn't know I had 22 books to write. So anyway, I wanted, my sister thought that part was nonsense. So I wanted to talk to Chris and say, like, is this really true or is this my ego? Um, and I was curious to ask him that and also the spiritual meaning for my illness. So I really liked him. And to make a very long story shorter, I ended up working with him instead of, like, say, going to a therapist as I normally would do, but, like, speaking to him weekly like that as sort of a life coach or angelic counselor. And in that time, not only did I learn a lot about, like, my soul's purpose, but also learning about energy work, which some of which I didn't know, and, and integrating meditation and divine connection and, and about all the angels. So it was really an amazing growth period for me um, that opened me up far more to my intuition. And so... You know, I was always creative, I think, but much more mental. And so um, I started to get guidance and to make sure that I was, um, you know, that that energy was moving through me in terms of my choices and what I was creating. And even the book ideas went so much more quickly that way because it would just be like, I, you know, all of a sudden I'd get, oh, you're going to write a book about the Shekinah. And they would go very quickly because uh, mentally I couldn't understand how I was supposed to write 22 books, <laughs> you know, while I was doing what I was already doing. So um, so that gave me a lot of extra energy and, and gave me a clear sense of mission and hope while I was going through that really scary time. Um, and I've been on that journey ever since. I, still, I think it's been four years, and I still talk to Chris. And um happy to say this is book number 21. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of how I got here, yeah. That is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Paulette. I'm on my own healing journey, and so that was a very um, oh. powerful powerful uh, conversation and powerful tips, talking points that you shared with us. Let's go deeper into some of the things that you just touched on. So your okay. sister came to you, Paulette, with a list. Was it a list of, like, it sounds like a self-care list maybe that she brought to you? Can you tell us a little bit of some of the things that were on the list? And then you touched on angel circles. And so can you please share with us, you know, if someone's listening and they're like, well, what is she talking about? Please go into that as well. Sure. Um, it might have been good if it was a list of self-care because I think one what what Chris told me was one of the reasons that I got breast cancer was about needing to be more I was giving a lot of care to others and I needed to give more self care so I think that was one thing but also that I was um my soul wanted to do this to help other women who were going through it it was a way to express that path but um what my sister actually did was much more um you know concrete she just wanted to kind of like not solve the problem but give support. So she went around and found out that there was a group like near, you know, not that nearby, like 30 minutes away that met for breast cancer. And there was an online thing where if you couldn't leave the house, let's say you could um, have a cancer support group there. Um, there's, you know, a group that's like advocate for finances. Uh, let's say your insurance didn't cover something. Um, so she had a whole list like that. She's really good research. She had, she had like a Ph.D. in English literature. So she just like came up with all these organizational type help. Um, and I, again, was thinking about going to the group, but then she also just said that um, she's from California, and she said she had gotten some readings with, with Christopher, but also that there was an angel group. I didn't really go into what it was, but what I assumed, and I could ask Christopher after all these years, but that he has, like, I think hundreds of people that meet. I don't know if it's weekly or monthly now. I probably should ask him that. But um, his website is called askanangel.org. But I guess what they do is probably come together in prayer. I, I'm not too sure. I don't want to speak about it because I didn't really even ask her that. But I know uh, the role he played is that he also does um, angelic intuitive sessions. So maybe people will call him around a certain question or for guidance. And he also probably does what he does with me with certain people too, which is to sort of do more like spiritual coaching and talk to them weekly. So I'm sure he does a number of things. Um, but it's probably on his website, just so I don't say the wrong thing. But I guess she um, she doesn't live near him, so she didn't go regularly to the angel circles, but she knew of him and said that he was really amazing, um, which, I, which I have found to be true as well, because he's um, intuitive, but he's also very grounded. So... Ah, okay, okay. Very interesting. One of the things, Dr. Paulette, that uh, I think is really wonderful about your approach is that you're a licensed psychologist, and so you have the scientific background. You know, you are also well-versed in the social sciences as well. And then, you know, you are also in touch with angels and the spirit and the emotions 
did you find that any of your colleagues in the psychology world were they resistant to you know this outgrowth of your work or how did people react when you started to add these things onto your practice well luckily they've been quiet about it a bit reactions um and you know when you're in the world of graduate school which was a long time ago for me it's very much drilled into you about you know um not mixing these things and so two days a week i go to my psychotherapy practice and i don't bring in spirit i kind of go on my client's agenda and really stick to that i'm also a life coach a number of nights a week and that is also my client's agenda and then i've kind of used writing as a way um and maybe workshops to express this part of myself and this aspect of healing so I haven't really gone, like, say, the Doreen Virtue route. I think she was a Ph.D. in counseling, and then she became, like, yeah. the angel woman, you know. Yeah. Um, I haven't really integrated it like that myself just because of the licensure and because also, you know, I do believe that psychotherapy is psychotherapy, and people are coming from that for that reason. I don't put my agenda or my experience on them. But I do think it's an important thing to share what you're learning and anything that's helped you. That's one of the reasons we're here. So, um, so yeah, I kind of do spend those worlds, and um, I'm – this late in life, you know, I'm pretty open about it. So, and I haven't, no, I haven't gotten any resistance. I asked that once. I went to the Tarot and Psychology Conference this year, and I asked that once to a woman who was speaking, who's pretty well known. I actually can't remember her name right now. And she made a joke, and she said that um, she's a psychologist, and she said, "Well, I just start going on about the history of Tarot and how old it was, and da da da." And she's like, "And I talk in a monotone, and after a while, they don't care anymore." <laughs> you know? Because she actually uses Tarot with her clients, which even though I'm interested in tarot, like I just and I like to be creative and to build on new things, but I really keep the world separate now. But I give people credit who are able to use different modes of healing successfully, and you know, yes, be yes, the forerunners well, of change. Yeah. For well, for whatever it's worth, I see all of this. I see some integration in your future. Like I feel mm. like you're going to come up with your own thing that is a combination of all of these and it's going to be really exciting so <laughs> thank you i'd like to i mean as a life yeah. coach i think you can do more yeah yeah there's been an interesting trend over the past 10 years of psychologists and psychiatrists becoming life coaches oh that's true yeah because you know that now that you said that i just had that aha like of andrew uh, is it andrew weiss or dr weiss who uh, yes. did past life regression and then there was like oh, i can't remember her name right now judith I can't remember her last name, but she wrote a number of books about intuition. As she's a psychiatrist, she's pretty well known. So there have been a lot of people stepping out, and it's kind of amazing because he was the head of a whole hospital, and he risked, you know, quotes his reputation to to talk about his truth and what he was really seeing. Yeah, and he started so. really early. He was really at the forefront of all of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk, Doctor P, about trauma that, you know, having a difficult, we have our personal traumas that we deal with, like, you know, getting a, a challenging diagnosis like you de you dealt with or, you know, financial traumas or just the grief of losing someone in our lives, whether, you know, to death or just breakups. You know, we have our difficult, tra our traumas that we deal with individually and on, on a personal level. And then we have these global scale traumas that, you know, at the time of this recording, it, it has been a brutal year for mm. all of us as human Horrible. beings in terms of, you know, just the gun violence happening in the United States and then, you know, the um, the bombings worldwide. And it has been a really challenging time. And I know that a lot of people that I've been talking to are dealing with different kinds of, you know, there's no other way to look at it but PTSD. You know, and people are afraid yeah. to watch. They're afraid to watch the news, like me, or they are hypnotized and obsessed with watching the news and taking in these violent images and over and over again. What are your thoughts mm -hmm. on what is all of that that's going on? This this kind of trauma in the air that we've all been dealing yeah. with. Yeah, I don't have I don't have answers, but I definitely have thoughts, and I feel you know I really resonate with everything you just said because. Part of me wanted to avoid Facebook just because it was so it gets in especially if you're empath, they like get it into you and it's just yeah. so so much fear and so much anger from all sides and a lot of it's understandable. It's like people are processing and, and reacting to injustice but then sometimes it feeds on itself and it seems like it's getting out of control from all sides and 
Um, you know, on the other hand, you don't want to just look away. I mean, I'm the child of a Holocaust survivor. Um, my grandmother and mother were in the Holocaust, and I feel very strongly about, like, speaking up for what's right and, and you know, yes. not letting people be abused. But on the other hand, like, it's very easy. Fear begets fear. And, you know, I was thinking this morning about a couple quotes because there was a poem I just happened to write, like, yesterday on the way to my mom's house because uh, I just had to, like, when I get a download, like, I have to just stop and write it down. <laughs> so I did that really quickly. And I think I put it on my personal Facebook, but I was thinking about making a video about it today, and I was thinking about some quotes like like Gandhi's quote, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, or um, maybe you know what Martin Luther King said, like, hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. And I think um, there's a lot of reprisal in the air, you know, and even if the intention is right, like, no, we're very angry, don't do that to us, like, that it can, again, cause more and more and more violence. So I think the answer is love, and we each have our own way of coming back to who we are and why we're here and love. And part of what I wrote about um, on my with one of my first books on the journey of the 22 books was, like, this book called The Cancer Path, A Spiritual Journey Through Healing, Wholeness, and Love. And that was my little, it's not the same as, like, being physically attacked or attacked as, like, a group. You know, that is even, like, a lot harder to deal with. But I think cancer has, like, a really negative association and is scary when you have two kids. And so I was in a lot of fear when I found out about it. And I had to use tools. It was my chance as a therapist but as a person to use those tools on myself and see how to shift every day from a state of fear into love. And I wasn't always successful, right? Like, I was going through a lot of physical pain. I lost all my hair. But I practiced ways like through meditation, prayer, and eventually this book I just wrote, the Book of Sacred Baths, uh, to connect with the divine and with unconditional love and to come back, bring myself back to a state of love. And I think that we each can do that, even though we don't know what's going to happen next, but not to become what we hate, you know, or what we don't want to be, and to come back to love and bring that love to the world. Um, and so we need tools to do that. And I was even thinking this morning when I went to the beach, I was like, oh, I, you know, there's a call. I don't know if you want it, if you're a good organizer. I'm not. But, like, you know, for Teachers of the Light to, like, come together now and do, like, a teleconference or something like that where it's free, where people can learn tools, whether it's meditation, prayer, you know, singing of the people in my life that I admire, right, that would bring, whether it's goddess energy, whatever, to teach people what they can do on a daily basis to just deal with this PTSD, to 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 deal with fear so defenses don't come out and, you know, it just becomes more and more fear instead of love. Um, yeah. Because I believe we create from the inside out. So, yeah, and a lot of our great leaders are, you know, ascended masters now, but we still have people here that can help, and we need to yeah. remember yeah that that is that is very very helpful i got a couple of things from what you just said one is that you know when you talked about you know a call to love you know which is reminiscent of marianne williamson's return to love maybe that's your book number 22 you know (laughs) i'm gonna add to the list i do love her actually yeah (laughs) but yes please definitely send me that teacher's of the light call that is something that I would like to do that earlier uh last year actually I went to Ferguson I was speaking nearby and I went to Ferguson when you know the the tragedies were taking place there and did a meditation and a number of things Aww. there and you know and so this is really really important work and I would love to know more about that call because it 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 does feel you know, like by the time that we've dealt with one thing, we 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 actually can't oh, yeah. deal with one thing because then there's another thing that's happening, and it's almost like we then have to we have to readjust. Like I've seen people say on Twitter or on Facebook, "Well, let's just get back to normal," and and you know, unfortunately, I think it's figuring out what a new normal is, and all of us learning how to come from a place of love and empowerment. And um, actually, you mentioned your book about sacred baths, and I want to talk about that. But before we get to that, I just want to just share with you, I think that you'll really appreciate with some of the things that you said, a very interesting lesson on love that came this week. Uh, And again, for people who are listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, uh, at, at our recording of this, conversation there was just a spate of violence for the past two months from you know shootings based on race and homophobia and you know all sorts of things happening in the united states where where dr paulette and i are based 
And Dr. Paulette, one of the things I wanted to share with you that happened in this past week was that two rappers who are associated with gangs after the police shootings, after the shootings of the police officers in Dallas, um, which was, you know, an insane, you know, lone shooter, madman, um, who felt like he was reacting to the police police shootings of unarmed African Americans, you know, this madman went and, and shot innocent law enforcement. Um, and Snoop Dogg, the rapper, and a rapper named The Game, two people who are associated with co- competing gangs, competing may not be the right word, but I don't know the language, um, then held a peaceful march to the LAPD. They put out a call, and they said, if you're a hothead or if you're violent at all, stay home. This is not for you. This is a peaceful march. They held a peaceful march, Dr. Paulette, to Good the LAPD. Them and had a meeting with the LAPD about how to have a more positive community and more positive communication with the new recruits. This was on the day when the new recruits graduated from the LAPD. And I think that that is just so amazing. And when they were interviewing the rapper, The Game, about it, he said that he had been just feeling so lost and so confused just watching all of these things on TV and feeling really impotent about, like, what to do, um, you know, when it was when he was hearing about the back-to-back shootings of the African-Americans, and then when he heard about the shootings of the police in Dallas, he was like, no, we have to stop this. This is insane, you know, kind of what you said, that an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. Um, and he was like, we have to do something. And so he, he who, like I said, is a known in the past known for being a gang member, you know, was like, okay, we've got to do something and it's got to come from peace and it's got to come from love and did this transformative march. And then he was talking to his son and was like, you know, telling his son, you know, well, there are good officers and bad officers. And so then his son went online and found like this great, you know, police officer, white police officer stationed in an African-American community. I don't know what state, and the police officer was doing all these beautiful things about bridging um, gaps in the community and helping kids. And he set up a GoFundMe and raised, I think, like 60000 or $70,000 and sent it to the police officer and wow. said, this efforts, your community efforts, you know, thank you for what you're doing. And so, you know, it's really an example of what we can each do, you know, on a different, on wherever we are, to whatever audience and whatever group we have or whatever it is, to just shed love, you know, add love. You know, maybe it's just in your church or your synagogue or your mosque or, you know, maybe just with your own family or, you know, whatever it is that we can do, you know, to to add love. to Even to Facebook, right? Like even put a little video, anyone can do it. Yeah, because you're scrolling and you're seeing all this fear, and absolutely. I mean, I think we're all much more powerful than we than we realize, you know. Yes, yeah, we're I all love that. I love that story. And the other thing yes. I was going to say, which I haven't figured out, but I feel like um, it's very easy to be very like, um, you know, put everybody into labels and categories, and then we don't work together, um, you know, and so it's hard to balance, like, standing up for what's right and speaking out to protect people, but at the same time, you know, I've done it myself where, like, I think I'm doing something to be right because I feel like I'm a truth teller or whatever, and then, you know, I exclude a different group or maybe go too far and hurt someone, and I don't mean to do that. So I think that we're all doing the best that we can, and we're, when we react to fear, we get defensive, and sometimes we can get polarized. And so to come back to say, are we in fear when we're what, with what we're doing, or are we in love? And how yeah. is it? Go, what's going to have the best effect? And then we need tools to know how to do that because it's very scary, you know. Especially like you said, when we used to live at least in a relatively safe place, but when the norm becomes that there's just violence all the time and we don't know where it's going to be, you know what I mean? We can tend to yeah. shut down or go extreme or want to protect ourselves and so we need tools to go back on a daily basis to a place of love and create our own inner safety so we come from that place it's not easy yes it's not it's not but i but i you know i have to i have to believe especially as an empath that there's you know a reason you know why this is happening and something that we can do to heal and i think that it's like you said you know coming Mm. from a place of love and also you know as as you've been doing speaking out for each other it won't always be perfect you know we don't always have the language to say whatever or 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 no but i think that intention counts 
you know, and, oh, and yeah. not being like, oh, well, you know, they're, that's, that's, you know, oh, okay, they're talking about the Muslims over there, that doesn't affect me, or they, they're talking about, you know, the Jewish people, or they're talking about the black people, so that doesn't affect me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There was something about that on Facebook about they came for this one, then they came for this, and they came oh for this, God. and they came for you, right? I just yeah. pulled up that poem. I just pulled, it's yeah. on my screen. <laughs> you know, the poem yeah. that, you know, first they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I'm not a socialist. And they came for the, you know, and so it's yeah. speaking out for each other. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, let's talk about self-care, which is something that each of us mm-hmm. can do to heal ourselves and deal with whatever is going on in our lives and and vibrate higher, raise the vibration. And one of the ways that you are passionate about us raising the vibration, Dr. Paulette, is sacred bathing, which you write about and I write about it. I'm so excited. (laughs) I want to hear what you think, too. Yeah. Say, say so, that again. So, I stepped on your word. Oh, I said, and I want to hear what you think about it too, because I was telling you right before this call, I want to read your book also. So it's funny you wrote about it as well. So I'm always interested in learning more. And yeah, but for me, this is the funny part: is that um, as I said, I was super busy even before the cancer, and then you can imagine going 90 minutes and having like you know I can't even remember 33 radiations before work, you know, every day, and so and being in the hospital a lot. So I didn't have a lot of time. And one thing, even though I talked to Chris weekly, he would give me homework and say, you know, I want you to connect to the divine, to, you know, divine mother or whatever and um, get guidance and and meditate. And so I would want to do my homework and I'd have like a one-year-old and a three-year-old when I was home running around and I couldn't get any quiet. Um, Sometimes I would walk on the beach and I would get guidance that way. Um, So it just so happened out of necessity and I liked baths that I would find that they would leave me alone. Like, you know, <laughs> I would go in there and I could train them to kind of give mommy 25 minutes of peace or something and daddy would watch them or not call on me. So, you know, there is that sort of old um, metaphor like, how God take me away where I guess women have known that, that people leave you alone when you're in the bathroom. But it became a t- time then that I could incorporate a lot of tools that I knew were good for me anyway, like visualization. I wrote a book about the law of attraction, so that's a piece of it. Um, you know, just self-care in the sense that I would have the wonderful oils that smells so good that have really positive vibrations and attract different things and the crystals around me. I would um, have an intention and I would get guidance. And I got to tell you that there were days where I would get three hours sleep, not regularly, but, you know, they'd wake up or something would be going on um, with me physically. Let's say I was, um, you know, because of the chemo. And so I would have to go to work or, or go somewhere, and I would feel like I had six or seven hours of sleep after taking one of my 25-minute sacred baths. I would just feel full of love, much more mental clarity, more energy, and really be able to have a good context for the day. So I felt like um, that would be a really good thing, well, for everyone to have, but also I was thinking like for working moms and stuff like that or you know, to have. And also with these times, my gosh, I never would have foreseen that, but it was really good at helping me uh, shift from fear into love, you know, into relaxation, into that healing nervous system, um, into love and peace and wellness. So it's a good tool, I think, um, in that way. And it's very easy to do because everyone, most people have a bath. Um, mine is nothing fancy, so people will ask me that, like, oh, do I need a cloth a tub, like, on your cover? Like, mine is not like that at all. I live in an apartment, so all you need is a bath and a couple of essential oils you can order from Amazon, you know, and a quartz crystal and a candle. I mean, you don't even – so, and your intention. So, um, and, of course, my book, <laughs> unless you do it on your own. So, um, so yeah. I found it to be a really positive tool, and I and I actually do it daily and have been for, I guess, four or five years now, but or no, maybe four years. Um, but, you know, it, I, I have a bath for every week of the year, so I have 52 baths, so a lot of people won't take baths that often, but it can be a good gift to yourself. Oh, that is incredible that I think that for any of us who would say, well, but I don't have time to take a bath, yeah. that you have two children, two little children, and so, you know, there's no excuse for us not to love up on ourselves that way, and this is a mind, can you explain why this is a mind, body, spirit, emotion practice? Sure, Um, 
Well, in terms of the mind, I, what I, one way I like to look at it is that it's a purification hygiene for like your emotions and your um, for everything actually, your spirit, your mind. But basically, like you can imagine all your negative thoughts and beliefs and limiting beliefs going down the drain. Um, you know, for your emotions, same thing. If you're feeling angry, if you're feeling tired or disgusted, irritable, whatever, you can imagine it going down the drain and inviting in your higher self. If you're not, if you don't believe in spirit, or I have bath with the angels with the goddesses it's very non-denominational right um so and they it's a lot of angels have different purposes and so you feel with that higher perspective that higher love and light um unconditional love and so it's really that time for you and that, to get that divine support and to remember who you really are so it does create a major shift in your mood and your thoughts because again you're coming from that different consciousness and also the essential oils have one of the highest vibrations known to man, right? So they, you know, whatever you put in also is raising your vibration through entrainment that way. So Excellent. that's one way that there's a shift in vibration, yeah. Excellent. And you actually call it sacred bath therapy, which I love, and you list on your site at sacredbathing.com the 12 components of a sacred bath ritual. And so you've got, as you said, essential oils and crystals uh, and candles, but you've also included journaling, including the five elements, meditation, visualization, the law of attraction, uh, prayer, and even having a tea ceremony afterwards. Can you talk about that, please? The tea ceremony, sure. Um, so the other day, my I always try to take my kids fun places on the weekend, but we went to the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens and we watched a real Japanese tea ceremony, which was really amazing, and just all the intention and respect and tradition that goes into it. And mine isn't anything as elaborate, but um, I'm, I was very much into energy healing when I wrote this book. And so just as like if I had an intention, let's say for um, – let's just say for calming and relaxation right now because I had a rough day, you know, I could put in uh, lavender essential oil. That would be the vibration of relaxation, for example, right? I could put in a certain stone, which I'm not thinking about right now, which one it would be, but to relax. Um, let me think, you know, um, you know, rose quartz is good for uh, for attracting love, and I think celestite relieves stress. So, you know, you could see from my list which example you would choose. Um, but by the same token, like after you've taken your bath ritual and you've closed it, it's nice to have another secondary ritual where, and it's not a big deal, but where you just make a cup of tea and that plant supports your intention too. So you're internalizing that while you're journaling what insights you had and writing it down. So, um, for example, uh, a calming tea could be lavender tea. So you kind of have a whole ritual where it's mind, body, and spirit, and you're nourishing your body, and even with the um, different senses, right? Uh, tea could be a way to put water in your body and bring in earth, right? Uh, the essential oils or, um, or smell, you know, the Epsom salts um, is earth, and the fire is the candle. So these are all parts of balancing uh, the different elements, the different senses in the ritual, um, and even the smells of the tea. So it's very sensual, and it's all about balancing all those different elements within ourselves, within the bath, and within the ritual. So, um, so yeah, that's a little part of it, and I go into all different types of teas in my book just for fun. So you can do that part or not, but I think it is important to have a little after time to integrate because it's almost like a liminal world when you're in the bath, like you're dreaming. You get this guidance, and it's really great. And sometimes when you get out and, and you know, everyone's screaming or you have to take calls and emails, you snap out of it and you forget the guidance. So to give yourself that extra 10 minutes to kind of calm, center, drink your tea, and just jot down what it is that you heard um, and how you're going to integrate it into your life. So if I was trying to relax and I heard, you know, uh, do this bath at least three times a week and take, you know, 10 minutes for deep breathing in the morning or something, if I write that down, I'm more likely to see if I'm doing it and to follow up and to remember it. So um, so that's the example of the ritual after the bath, which is really only 10 minutes. And um, as you said about the teas, I have different ones, like peppermint tea eases transitions. The energy of arnica tea is supposed to bring out your psychic ability. So it's just kind of fun. Jasmine is good for romantic love. Um, 
and I think marital problems, patchouli for manifestation. So if I was dreaming about my goal, that might be fun to have some patchouli tea afterwards. So that's the idea. Oh, this is this is wonderful. I am going to, I am going to commit to bathing my way through your book. <laughs> Woo! I'm so excited. I want to hear about it. <laughs> you have weekly baths, and so you know, self care is something that, although I teach it, you know, as they say, we teach it. We most need to learn oh, yeah. that it's something that I continually have to reinforce because my instinct is to be a workaholic and neglect myself and you know I'm raising my hands I'm nodding yeah yeah and also when you're a giver you have time to give to everyone else but you kind of forget that your body that you have to refuel yourself I don't know if you relate to that but um one thing I will say Abiola is that like I resist sometimes like exercise or things that I know are good for me and even the idea of saying om and meditating but I don't resist these baths I because it's fun and it's enjoyable it's not like oh I have to do this because it's good for me it's like yay I can have my bath now so I think it's one way to create change that's actually enjoyable and easy and it's part of an existing ritual that we probably do used to doing anyway like brushing our teeth and you know, our physical hygiene. Mm -hmm. I love this. I love this. And I have a friend who is also a certified life coach, and we are accountability partners for each other. And so I'm going to also tell her about the Book of Sacred Baths. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much. And I also (laughs) just actually want to note here, and I'm going to let people know again at the end, but that there's a free gift that Dr. Paulette has for you, 12 tips to make your sacred bath great. And you can download that at, it's going to be at sacredbombshell.com slash Paulette. I'm going to put it there, sacredbombshell.com slash Paulette. And so you can download that there and make your bath more scintillating (laughs) and more Mm -hmm. sacred and more, you know, more in tune with your body, more sensual. When I say sensual, I mean of the senses, not sexual, but more of the senses. And if you are interested in a sexual bath, that you've got those in there as well. <laughs> and, <laughs> at least one, and, yeah. Yeah, at least one, at least one. And for those of you who are looking, who would be looking for, as Dr. Paulette noted, that I wrote about in the Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self-Love, I wrote about sacred bathing as well, and that's in Chapter 9, which is the chapter, The Secret of Releasing, How to Set Yourself Free, and it's a section that says how to do a cleansing spiritual bath. And so I will um, perhaps include like a little excerpt also on the sacredbombshell.com slash Paulette page so that you could have that as well. Um, but I don't want to take up any more of her her interview That's talking so about it great. because she's got so much to talk about. <laughs> so, Dr. Paulette, in addition to helping others with their relationships that you uh, have been in a relationship, you are married, and so can you share with us, you know, how to in such, you know, potentially stressful or trying times, how to have a, I know it's such a big category, but what are your tips for having a positive relationship and also caring for yourself and your family as well? Because it, it oftentimes the the first thing to go, you know, when you don't have time or when you perceive yourself as not having time, especially when you have little ones, is first the the self-care for yourself and then the care for your relationship. What's your advice in this area? Oh, I definitely agree with that. I mean, of course, it's easier to see as a relationship expert than to always remember yourself, just like we were saying about self-care. But um, one thing I always said, and it's actually come to be true through the research, but, um, you know, I worked a lot with uh, my first book was about dating. It was called um, Dating from the Inside Out. So I worked a lot with singles um, and gave a lot of workshops and stuff for them. But I also do a good amount of couples therapy over the years. And so one thing I always did was give homework for a date night. And people, especially the men would say, like, why do I need a date night? Like, I'm already married and I don't have money for that and we need a babysitter. It's a total pain in the butt, even if they didn't always necessarily go out. But I think what you touched upon is, like, the fact that when we're dating, like, we're sort of putting our best selves forward. We're getting to know someone. We're showing a lot of interest. We're putting time, energy, and money into that and nurturing it. 
And then when you have someone, they almost can become like furniture in a way, not that you don't love them anymore, but, you know, you're kind of going about your daily life, distracted by everything you have to do, and they don't always get your best self. Sometimes they get your worst self because that's what we do sometimes even like, let's say, to family, right, because they know us so well. So I think even though, of course, that's part of loving is, is really deep love is not just about, you know, being someone you're not it's about the the good and the challenging and growing together but i think it is still important to um, invest time in connecting consciously right and making that person feel important and uh and having fun together and remembering that you're more that you know you're also a couple besides just with your kids because sometimes what happens when the kids grow up then you have nothing in common anymore so not that a date night solves all of this but um, but the research has shown, actually, and I, and I quoted somewhere on one of my websites, I can't remember the periodical right now, um, but that uh, it had so many effects. It must have been like 11 of them, but even people who were living together, people who were married without kids, people with kids, their sex life was better. They were um, like three times happier in their marriage and lasted lo- less divorce. Um, just from that one thing, let's say, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. But so one of the things, um, one of the things, intentions I had for writing this book of sacred baths, I actually got the idea <laughs> because I was taking them alone, and my husband and I would spend like you know not too much money, but two hours of a babysitter and go out every Friday um, on a date night. And sometimes he didn't want to spend the money, so I said, "What if you take a couple's bath with me, and we don't need a babysitter, and you know I already have the stuff." So he was over the moon with just that in a practical way, you know, to just <laughs> stay home yeah. and do that. And we would dance and whatever and, and, you know, have a glass of wine and then do that. So, you know, it was still romantic. And, um, you know, I still like to go out because sometimes that's my one time a week sometimes. But I really enjoy taking a, a couple's bath with him. And so actually, um, even though I had been bathing before this, when we were in the bath together and I was asking for guidance, I got the message or the download that you're going to write the book of sacred baths and it's going to be really helpful to you as an individual and for other couples. So that was when I was like, and I said it to him and he rolled his eyes. I'm like, he's like another book. But I was like, oh, I'm going to write this book. So that was sort of how the idea um, became born in a book form. Um, but anyway, it is a form of a date night that people can then do that's pretty easy, right? If they have kids particularly, they don't need to pay a lot of money. And it's a way that you can attune to your partner without words. And also if you're angry, like a lot of times I find couples will just attack each other or one just wants to escape and not deal with it at all and one wants to talk, talk, talk and like, you know, when they're very angry. And so they need a ritual to kind of let everything settle down and go down the drain, fill with love, get wisdom, and then talk. And it can be a way to attune, like when you're angry, a way to connect with intuition around um, communication, um, around next steps for your relationship, recommitting to your relationship. Because I do feel like um, with anything, you have to reinvent it over time, especially if it's a lifetime relationship. So, um, you know, you I have a book where you help create a shared vision, and you can even take a bath around that. What's our shared vision for retirement or whatever? So it's an enjoyable way. Plus you have the essential oils. It's really sensual. So that's one piece of the book as I have a number of baths for couples as well. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, Yeah, it absolutely does. And I think that that will be really helpful for many people. How do you recommend that we use the essential oils and the crystals and the candles, do our candle magic? Can you give some specific tips? or how to use them in the bath? Sure. Well, I mentioned the concept of entrainment, which is that your vibration can be raised by essential oils because they were known as the highest frequency um, known to man. And different oils attract different things to match your intention. So, you know, for example, um, if you were talking about PTSD, I mean, obviously, as a psychologist, I can't say, like, use this oil and it'll change or it's not going to change PTSD, but one characteristic uh for uh, an oil um, like neroli essential oil is emotional balance so it can't hurt to put like a little bit of neroli oil if you're you know looking for a relaxing bath or um, lavender is another one I was going to say I use a lot of lavender for anxiety yeah I love lavender and the way it smells is amazing and there has been a lot of research which I didn't really quote in my book and I don't have at the tips of my finger right now but even about 
oils that are helpful in different ways. So I think that's going to come out more in the future. But for now, I kind of feel like if it has this energetic properties and you enjoy it, it can't hurt. There are certain oils that you don't want to put in that I go into in my book, like maybe cinnamon oil, and I had a little funny story blooper about that because in the beginning, I've actually been certified in essential oils since, but in the beginning, I was just experimenting, you know, and I and I read that cinnamon was good for anger, and my husband was like in a really irritable mood, so I put in some cinnamon, I put in some other ones, and we were like, we got in and we were like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> Because it was a burning oil. So I do talk about the few oils that you really should put more in the diffuser and be careful not to put in the bath. And it's always safe to, like, mix it with the um, – just put in a few drops of the oils I mentioned and mix it with the Epsom salt um, because everybody's skin is different, right? So you want to be careful about that. Um, but, yeah, so I so I think there are a lot of pro- wonderful properties to these oils and also the way that they smell. Um, you know, and then – so I can just mention a couple other ones like orange is good for lifting your mood or for joy. Like if you feel like there's a lot of negativity around you and you want more joy in your life. Uh, rose oil for self-love. Sage for wisdom. Um, frankincense for self-esteem or for being spiritually grounded. Uh, they say hysop, um essential oil is protective against other people's emotions and good for connecting with others. So anyway, I have all different recipes in my book that you can look at, and each of the recipes does define each oil and how what properties it brings. So it's a fun way to just kind of learn more about each of these areas. Um, so that's where the oils fit in. And then I think you would ask me about crystals, and yes. some people say that crystals um, – Actually, they're natural stones, but they have their own vibration, color, and healing properties, and they say that they cleanse negative energies, that they each have a different structure and attract different things, and they may even store memory. So that's up for grabs, but a lot of people do say that. And so and there's, um, so you can match the crystal to your intention as well. Um, so if I was taking a bath, let's say, um, because I had a lot of negativity around me and I wanted to relax, I could use black tourmaline. Um, and just drop one in the water, and that's supposed to block negative thoughts and be really grounding. If I wanted to have better communication with my husband, I could stick in a lapis lazuli stone, right, for to improve our communication. Or if I had had a bad breakup and I'm doing a like wash away my ex or bad date, I could put in rhodochro. I can't even say it, but rhodochrosonite, um, which cleanses your heart. So it's kind of fun to do that. Now, I, one thing I would say is that when I did these baths for a long time. I had no time. I would just order things on Amazon really inexpensively, like 850 to order lavender oil, like now lavender essential oil. And I would try to get oils that were 100% pure. Um, but I would start out with just a quartz crystal because those magnify your intention and you can use it for all the baths. So I'm not trying to get people to spend a lot of money and feel like, oh, I have to get this list of 50,000 things. But if you but if you can afford it and it's fun and there are certain baths that you want to do more, you could get those crystals because they're nice. I love crystals anyway, and they're nice to have around the energy and to carry with you. Um, so there's that aspect as well of the crystals. And in terms of, I hope I'm not talking too fast. Um, no, this yeah. is wonderful. This is wonderful. <laughs> and, and with candles? The candles you had asked? Yes. So candle therapy is a lot of fun, and it's basically um, candle represents your spirit and what you, what changes you want to make. Um, and you can even, there's a little section in my book, which is really fun that I did with the kids, where you can even make your own candle, because I realized, oh, like if there's a bath for peace that I want to do, and I'm used to putting in these oils I love, like these two oils um, that smell so great, I can even make a candle with the color of peace, say for me that's white, and I can put in those essential oils in the candle and give it as a gift or take it to work. So I have my bath ritual in the morning, but then I want to remember my intention, and I light that candle somewhere else, or if I'm traveling. So that's kind of neat. So there's that little exercise to make your own candle. But you can also just order candles that are cheap and small, you know, in in different colors. Or if you really want to save money, you can just get a white candle and use a ribbon around it um, to represent the colors that we're going to talk about. But in color therapy, you can use colors to represent different intentions. So uh, one example would be like a blue candle if I'm working on communication, a green candle if I'm working on healing, a pink candle if I'm looking for love, um, white candle for peace. So the idea is to light the candle, to invite in spirit, and to match your intention, just like you would with the teas, as I mentioned, and these other things. And then at the end of your ritual, you would want to blow it out. So it kind of um, represents a closing of that sacred space. 
and then you can put your candle away and then maybe go take your tea and journal before you go back into your regular world or daily life and routine. Ah, okay. Very, very informative. Thank you so much for that. And of course, you know, you're going to get, if you're listening, you want to get her book, The Book of Sacred Baths, so that you can go deeper into this. So, Dr. Paulette, before we mm-hmm. close, because this is Spiritpreneur School, that I would love for you to share with our listeners how you make it all happen, because there's so much going on. You're writing 22 books, and oh, you've got children and a husband and maybe a dog and and a life coach i don't have a dog thank god my kids want to get a dog (laughs) therapy practice and and there's just so much can you share with us you know how do you balance do you have you know how many like just what does your world look like in terms of organization and you know do you have how many assistants do you have? Are they? Are uh-huh. there assistants? <laughs> Share with us the whole. How you make it happen? How do you make it work? I was going to joke with you, Abiola. You mean divine assistants or regular ones? <laughs> so, um, no. In all seriousness, I would like some assistance. Um, but I have to say, um, I'm very blessed because um, even though we both don't make a, a lot of money, my husband's a social worker, but he has a decent job and that he enjoys. We're both healers. Um, but I've been able, since he has sort of a stable everyday job, to work flexible hours while my kids are young. So thank God, knock on wood so far, I'm in remission. And I do love, love, love the work I do as a psychotherapist and as a coach. So I can go two really long days a week um, where my kids are mostly in school or camp, and then um, I have a babysitter for a few hours until I get home. So I try not to work past six. Not everyone can do this, so I don't know if it will be helpful, but this is what I do. And I work back-to-back clients, um, so those days are kind of uh, full. <laughs> uh, and I work two days and, and see people that way. And then I work um, when my kids go to sleep a couple evenings and on one of the weekend days uh, to do coaching. So that's the way that we kind of pay our bills, and I do my soul's mission of, of healing work. Um, and I wanted to do writing because, as I said, it expresses a different part of me in healing that I have to share, messages I have to share with the world, Um and it also, I feel like, can reach somebody that I wouldn't reach in my office and more people. Mm-hmm. So I set aside that time to do that, and that, that isn't really money-making, at least thus far, um, but it's really important work for me. So I try to set aside time to do that regularly, and sometimes I even do that on the train because I have uh, an hour to 90 minutes commute. So believe it or not, I get a lot of work done then, and I get a lot of messages, um, and I also get a lot of help from my sacred bath because and this isn't a plug but I get ideas if I have um, a column to write every month I have a number of articles due I'll get an idea and I can do it in five ten minutes because I really do feel like I have divine assistance and I'm a channel for that energy um, and that and as I said before when I my physical body is tired and weak if I have a very strong spiritual intention or that energy is much stronger than me and I do get a lot of help that way um, and that's mostly what I could offer because I don't have a virtual assistant. I don't have an assistant. Although I will say just to acknowledge people, well, I mentioned Chris has been a big help just talking to him um, each week. But I will say that when I went through and I was self-publishing these books because I didn't have an agent, I got my first book with Simon & Schuster before I got married without an agent, which was like a miracle. But that I, but after that I saw it was, it was sort of a I don't know if it was a fluke, that sounds negative to say, but but that I didn't have an agent and I would be spending years probably just sending it out to publishers or trying to get an agent. So I didn't even want to bother with that. I didn't even really care if anyone bought it, my books, because I just knew it was what I was supposed to do to to meet my soul's calling. So I just wrote the books and put them on Amazon one after another, literally, self-published them. And I had to teach myself how to self-publish. But the point of this is that I had this woman, Den Pikey, come in, and she was so honest. She charged $20 an hour, but she's from the Midwest. She would charge $10 if she only took her half an hour to post something on my website. So she helped me. I had this woman from Simon & Schuster who did my cover of my first book. She helped me do the covers and designing at a really good price. Her name is Sarah um, Blum. And, uh, you know, I got editors. So I feel like people come in when you're – meeting your soul's alignment and doing what you're meant to do, people will come in and help you. And they're kind of like earth angels, and it's important to remember and to acknowledge them because you will have a lot of rejection. You know, people won't buy your book or uh, even like now part of my job is to go out for a couple months. Writing the book was easy, but, you know, trying to market it and get articles and get on 
like shows like this. Yeah, and I consider you yeah. one of my earth angels. Yeah, because oh, I don't. I didn't want to pay thousands of dollars a month. I don't have a PR person. I do have a great PR person at Llewellyn who's going to do stuff behind the scenes at whatever they do. But I think in most publishers, they expect the author to go out and do it. So, yeah. you know, when a total stranger helps you and has them on your show, like they're an earth angel. And then you need to focus on that and not all the rejections and the people who won't call you back or how your book is selling. You just need to focus on what you can do and what's aligned with your soul's purpose and try to spread the word and then see what happens, I guess. That's kind of what I've learned so far from this this journey. That is a beautiful lesson. I think that that many women and men actually can take a lot away from that and the principal thing being being in alignment with your soul's purpose and knowing learning, training yourself to be able to hear your guidance and you know to to know that when you're in alignment that you're not by yourself you're never doing it by yourself <laughs> i love you how know? you said that and actually yes and another thing i would say that chris said to me the other well not the other day because i've been in this new energy for a while but at one point i can get very mental and i'm a big list maker i think that's how i've functioned in the past and so my idea is to like write like 60 things i need to do and just push like no matter what's going on i could just like push through things and it has been one of my strengths um you know in the beginning when i had cancer but one thing i learned was to shift into that more feminine energy because you know i'm an aries so i have that mars energy which is fire but the water i think sort of balances me and it's more feminine and so it's more like the law of attraction when you become that love you become whatever you're talking about and you attract people to you so he was saying to me you're going to burn out like you're just like taking whatever free time you have you're missing your summer and you're just like you know shooting five billion boomerangs on linkedin to these people you know about like can i be on your show or whatever because i thought that's what i was supposed to do but i think i realized that i need to have a balance within myself i need to like go out on the beach and do my meditation and have some fun and you know it's not that i'm not going to try because i feel like oh that's my publisher and, and you know to my work but um but you can't always it's that that male idea that you have to push in order to get ahead and i think what we're coming to in the society more is also attracting it being it um and living it embodying that energy and then stuff will also flow to you because in my life that's happened a lot even with the simon and schuster thing where i wasn't really pushing anything and then things just happen so yes, yes. I, I we're such kindred sisters i'm yeah, a leo my, awesome. birthday, my birthday is coming up i'm a leo and so i think that you know being a fire sign that the baths will also balance me as well, and I had a similar experience. Simon and Schuster published my first book. And I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! Named, yeah, but I also which book had, was it? It's named Dare, and it's a novel. It's like a self-love, self-help novel named Dare, and. Oh, wow. um, being uh, an intellectual geek that it is based on the German tale of Faust, but it's set in the hip-hop world. And it's a woman as the Faust professor who goes undercover trying to find herself and, but hmm. um, by, like, kind of becoming these different hip-hop personas. Yeah, so, wow. it, it, yeah, I had a similar experience with Simon and Schuster where people thought that, you know, I was lying to them because they would ask, well, how did you get a book deal? And I was like, well, my experience was very unique. Like, it almost, like, just happened. And they were like, no, you know, like, they wanted, like, a, a roadmap, which I could give you from having studied other people's experience. But that wasn't my experience, that it was more the feminine experience of attracting toward us. And so, actually, I, I have one more question that we have yeah. to we have to talk about, um, which is you mentioned Shakina, you know, oh, yes. and the possibility of you doing a Soul of the World Oracle deck. I actually have two card decks myself: um, the African Goddess Affirmation cards, and the new one that I just released last month is Woman Manifesting uh, the Fertility Ooh. Goddess Affirmation cards. And so, talk to us about the the power and energy of Shakina for someone who's like, who is Shakina? What does that mean? It's funny you said that too because yesterday I got Ocean, which I don't know if she's a fertility yes, goddess, so but um, yes. of course she's water, and she kept saying I got it twice, and it said drink more water, and I was like okay, <laughs> so I got to do that. But um, 
But, um, yeah, I was mentioning that to you because it's funny, like, a lot of times you'll learn something and it isn't until you're you're ready that you'll pull it out. Like, I got my medical Reiki training and my Reiki training, and I've only used it a couple times on my husband. I need to use it, but I love it. And similarly, I got certified as an angel therapy card reader, and then recently I got my fairyologist certification with Doreen Virtue. That was just for fun, but it was about the fairies. And part of it was her reading cards, and she had videos about how to do that. So even for myself, I'm like, I haven't, I take the time to do my bath ritual and connect with the divine that way, but I haven't really always pulled out my oracle cards and made time to read them. And I live right by the beach. So recently I've been walking my kids to camp and then giving myself 10, 15 minutes right by the ocean, which is like such a luxury to just pull out, like I'll bring my decks with me and to do a reading for the day or for a question I have. And that's a lot of fun and another way to get guidance. And so one of the things that came through in a meditation recently is I had written a children's book on the Shekinah. Actually, I wrote two. Um, one is called Lift, Lift Shekinah Up, and the other one is just called Shekinah. And it's about the feminine divine. It isn't necessarily like I'm not religious Jewishly, but it's a, um, a female, you know, a Jewish version of the feminine divine. And she's the, mm-hmm. the anima mundi, the soul of the world, and has a lot to say to us. And... Um, so even though I did the books, it has a lot of beautiful images by my friend Rachel Shauna Vine, who was an art major in our high school. I went to High School of the Arts. And so she, when I was sick, did all those pictures. And she also loves Oracle decks and said that it would be cool to make a Shekinah Oracle deck out of it. Um, but I didn't want to just use the existing pictures, so I've been meditating on other cards that I'd like to put in the deck. And I made them, I took no cards and kind of pasted the pictures I had so far onto it. And I'm sort of playing with them and seeing what comes through. And then I'm going to see what's going on in her life and if she has time to do the rest of the pictures. (laughs) So I'm just sort of in process with it. Um, But, yeah, I feel like that will be fun and important energy. Well, thank you. Thank you for this juicy conversation, that this has been so wonderful. And I'm so glad that we are connected, that Dr. Paulette's book, again, her well, her most recent book, she's got 20 other books uh, besides this one. The Book of Sacred Baths, 52 Bathing Rituals to Revitalize Your Spirit, is available now. You can find out more about Dr. Paulette at sacredbathing.com or drpaulettesherman.com. Thank you so much for this conversation, Dr. Paulette. Thank you, Abiola. It's so much fun. It just flew. Yes, it did. It did. And if you're listening, uh, my spiritpreneurs, you can get her free gift, 12 Tips to Make Your Sacred Bath Great at sacredbombshell.com slash Paulette. That's P as in precious, A-U-L-E-T-T-E, sacredbombshell.com slash Paulette. And I just want to just say to you, if you are listening to this and no one has told you today, I love you, dream bigger, love yourself, and I will see you and hear from you in the next conversation. Bye-bye.